Welcome to Zichud Avsi Manmer by Ram Goldhar and Dirim Rezekas Yavamos Daf Peidal, beginning the ninth parak Yesh Mutaros. So the three times we're going to focus on number one, the opening mission of the ninth parak presents four categories of women: some who are permitted to their husbands and prohibited to their yavams; some who are prohibited to their husbands and permitted to their yavams; some who are permitted to both, and some who are forbidden to both. The first example of Mutar's Lubalan, Basur's Yiban, those permitted to their husbands and then forbidden to the Yavams, is a Kon Hediot Shinasas Almana Vieshwa Ak Kongado. A Kon Hediot who married an Almana and he has a brother who is a Kongado. The Gemara asks why the Mishnah said he was married to a widow when it could have said he did Kedushin with her and she would still be forbidden to the Yavam who is a Kongado. After the first couple of answers are rejected, the Gemara explains it's because in the next case, in the Mishnah, which stated, a Chalal, who married an eligible woman, where she is permitted to her husband and forbidden to her Yavim, who is a Kohen. The reason she's forbidden to her Yavim is the Nasa Is that her husband married her, making her a Chalal? But if he was just Mekanisher, she would not become a Chalal. Therefore, the first case is presented as one of marriage. Point number two, the Gemara continues to challenge the first example in the Mishnah and asks why the first case is that of an Almana. Let it state she was a basul who had never been married since she will become an almana when the Konedio dies. The more concludes that it's because of the third part of the mission which deals with cases where the woman is forbidden to her husband and to her yovam. There presented the case of Kongado Shinasas Almana, the Yeshua Ach Kongado or Konhedio, a Kongado who married an almana, and he has a brother who is a Kongado or a Konhedio. In this case, she's forbidden to the Yavim, who is a Kohen Hediot, because she was an Almana when she married the Kohen Gadol, rendering her a Chalala. If she had been a Basul at the time she married the Kohen Gadol, she would not have become a Chalala and would have been permitted to the Yavim, who was a Kohen Hediot. This is why the mission presented the case of an Almana. And point with you, Rav Huda said in the name of Rav, Eligible women, referring to the daughters of the Kohanim, are not prohibited to be married to Psuim, such as Chalalim. Ravim Bar Yitzhak challenged Rav's ruling from a bride of the taught. In the Pasuk listing the woman in which a Kohen may not take, the words Loyichu, they shall not take, are repeated twice. The repetition teaches that the woman is prohibited because of the man, meaning that just as the Torah forbids a Kohen from marrying a Chalala, so too it forbids a Kohenus from marrying the male version of a Chalala, which is a Chalal. Rav answered that what the Bryson means is, Wherever a man is forbidden to marry a woman, she's also forbidden to marry him. And wherever he's not forbidden to marry a woman, she's not forbidden to him. Therefore, Rav and Bar Yitzhak's challenge is not successful. So once again, the three points are number one. The opening mission, the ninth parak, presents four categories of women, some who are permitted to their husbands and prohibited to their yavams, some who are prohibited to their husbands and permitted to their yavams, some who are permitted to both, and some who are forbidden to both. The first example of Mutar's Lubalen, Vasur's Yiban, those permitted to their husbands and then forbidden to their yavams, is a Kon Hediot Shinasas Almana Vyeshwa Ak Kongado. A Kon Hediot who married an Almana and he has a brother who is a Kongado. The Gemara asks why the Mishnah said he was married to a widow when it could have said he did Kedushin with her and she would still be forbidden to the Yavam who is a Kohen Gadol. After the first couple of answers are rejected, the Gemara explains it's because of the next case in the Mishnah which stated Chalal Shanasa Kashera, a Chalal who married an eligible woman where she is permitted to her husband and forbidden to her Yavam who is a Kohen. The reason she's forbidden to her Yavim is the Nasa Shavya Chalala. Is that her husband married her making her a Chalala? But if he was just Mekanisher, she would not become a Chalala. Therefore, the first case is presented as one of marriage. Point number two, the Gemara continues to challenge the first example in the Mishnah and asks why the first case is that of an Almana. 
Lisne Basua. Let it state she was a Basua who had never been married since she will become an Almana when the Konedia dies. The more concludes that it's because of the third part of the mission, which deals with cases where the woman is forbidden to her husband and to her Yovam. There presented the case of Kongado Shanasas Almana, the Yeshua Ach Kongado or Konhediot, a Kongado who married an Almana, and he has a brother who is a Kongado or a Konhediot. In this case, she's forbidden to the Yavim who is a Konhediot because she was an Almana when she married the Kongado, rendering her a Kawawa. If she had been a Basua at the time she married the Kongado, she would not have become a Kawawa and would have been permitted to the Yavim who was a Konhediot. This is why the mission presented the case of an Almana. And point with you, Rav Huda said in the name of Rav, Eligible women, referring to the daughters of the Kohanim, are not prohibited to be married to Psuim, such as Chalalim. Rav Bar Yitzhak challenged Rav's ruling from a bright of the top. In the Pasuk listing the woman in which a Kohen may not take, the words Woyichu, they shall not take, are repeated twice. The repetition teaches that the woman is prohibited because of the man, meaning that just as the Torah forbids a Kohen from marrying a Chalala, so too it forbids a Kohenis from marrying the male version of a Chalala, which is a Chalala. Rabbi answered that what the Bryson means is, Wherever a man is forbidden to marry a woman, she's also forbidden to marry him. And wherever he's not forbidden to marry a woman, she's not forbidden to him. Therefore, Ravin Bar Yitzhak's challenge is not successful. All right, so now we go to Simmerdah Pei Dalit, and this one was suggested to us by Aaron Warso from Queens. He suggested Pei Dalit is a launch pad, a spaceship on a launch pad. So launch pad is our Simmons. So here goes. The Kohen-Hediot astronaut getting married to an Almana on his launch pad, while his brother, the Kohen Gadol, stood by, was interrupted by a Basula who climbed up and asked why he didn't marry her. And he told her that as a Kohenna, she could marry the Chala working in the control tower. Once again, in slow motion. The Kohen-Hediot astronaut getting married to the Almana on his launch pad. Launch pad? That must mean we're on Duff. Pay Dalid. The Kohen-Hediot astronaut getting married to an Almana on his launch pad, while his brother, the Kohen Gadol, stood by, which reminds us, the opening mission of the ninth pair presents four categories of women, the first category being those who are permitted to their husbands and prohibited to their Yavams. The first case is Kohen-Hediot Shinasas Almana Vyeshulach Kohen Gadol, a Kohen-Hediot who married an Almana, and he has a brother who is a Kohen Gadol. The more addresses why the mission said he was married to a widow, when it could have said that he did Kedushin with her, and she would still be forbidden to the Yavam, who is a Kohen Gadol. So the Kohen-Hediot astronaut getting married to an Almana on his launch pad, while his brother, the Kohen Gadol, stood by, was interrupted by a Basula, who climbed up and asked why he didn't marry her, which reminds us. The Gemara continues to challenge the first example of the mission and asks why the first case is that of an Almana, least named Basula, let it state she was a Basula who had never been married since she will become an Almana when the Kohen-Hediot dies. So the Kohen-Hediot astronaut getting married to an Almana on his launch pad, while his brother, the Kohen Gadol, stood by, was interrupted by a Basula, who climbed up and asked why he didn't marry her. And he told her that as a Kohen, she could marry the Chala working in the control tower. Which reminds us, Rabbi said in the name of Rav, Eligible women, referring to the daughters of Kohanim, are not prohibited to be married to Basulim such as Chalalim. Rav and Bar Yitzhak's challenge to Rav's ruling is rebuffed. So once again, the Kohen-Hediot astronaut getting married to an Almana on his launch pad, while his brother, the Kohen Gadol, stood by, was interrupted by a Basula who climbed up and asked why he didn't marry her. And he told her that as a Kohenis, she could marry the Chala working in the control tower. All right, now it's time for Four Blabat Chazar. Daf Pei. So the Simmer Daf Pei is a painter. So here goes. The painter, painter. That must be more on Daf Pei. 
The painter commissioned to produce artwork to celebrate the occasion of the child born in the eighth month reaching his 20th birthday, which reminds us, according to Rabbi Avo, a child born in the eighth month of pregnancy, even if he's fully developed with hair and nails, we do not say that he's a Barkayama, a viable child, until he reaches the age of 20. The more questions whether a Ben Shmona can live, for it was taught in a brisa, Ben Shmona Haruka Evan, a child of the eighth month is treated like a stone and is forbidden to move him on Shabbos. The more answers Rabbi Avo was referring to a case where the child was a full-term seven-month fetus who developed simanim and lingered in the womb for an additional month. Even if he was born with the simanim of a viable child, such as with fully developed hair and nails, the child is not established as a barkayama until the age of 20. So the painter commissioned to produce artwork to celebrate the occasion of the child born in the eighth month, reaching his 20th birthday. Uses Sri's Chama and Island, his anatomy book, as a guide, which reminds us. The more brings a price that listed the very simanim for a Sri's Chama and an Islandese. So the painter commissioned to produce artwork to celebrate the occasion of the child born in the eighth month, reaching his 20th birthday, used the Sri's Chama and Islandese anatomy book as a guide to paint a picture of a Saris with all the simanim, which reminds us the more brings a Malchokas of Morayim regarding the simanim of a Saris. Rav Huna says a person is not considered a Saris, until he has all of the simanim, but Rabbi Yochanan says, he's a Saris even if he has just one of them. Daf Peyov, so the simanim Daf Peyov is a grandpa. So here goes. Grandpa, Grandpa, that must be enough. Pay off. Grandpa Cohen, who watches Androgyn, his grandson, give his Basti's real wife Truma, which reminds us that in the next mission states, Rabbi Yosem and Rabbi Shimon say, Androgynous Cohen, Shanasa Basti's real Machilba Truma, an androgynous Cohen, who's married to a Basti's real entitles her to eat Truma. The more brings a Malchokas Hamarayim, Rishokish said, Machilba Truma be'en Machilba Chazba Shok. He entitles her to eat Truma, but not the breast and thigh of Kachin Kalim. But Rabbi Yochanan says, He even tells her to eat the chaz v'shok. Rishakish holds that androgynous is a safik ish, safik ish, and therefore is only permitted to truma, which is nowadays the rabbanan. Rabbi Yochanan holds that an androgynous is a zakhavadai, and therefore is even permitted to the derisa, chaz v'shok. So, Grandpa Cohen, who watches androgynous grandson, give his basi's real wife truma, sat in his rocking chair munching figs from the mixture of round cakes of pressed truma and chulun figs, which reminds us, Rishakish runs from the case of a round cake of pressed figs of truma that got mixed with other round cakes of figs that becomes bottle. Rush explains that if truma nowadays were a derisa, it would not become bottle, for items that are commonly counted when they are sold are considered a davrachashuv, something of significance which the laws of bittel do not apply to. Rav Yochan responds that he went in a brisa that a piece of tamechatas meat that became mixed with slices of tarachatas meat does become batal, which demonstrates that the rice of prohibited foods that are commonly counted when sold are subject to bittal. Rather, it's only items that are exclusively counted that are deemed the davachashuv and are not subject to bittal. So, Grandpa Cohen, who watches Androgyna's grandson, give his basi's real wife, Truma, sat in his rocking chair munching figs from the mixture of round cakes of pressed Truma and chulun figs, and laughed about the time he mixed a piece of chatas tame meat with 100 pieces of taur chatas meat. Which reminds us of Yochan's case was where a piece of chatas tame meat got mixed with 100 pieces of taur chatas meat and it became batal. We see from here that the tame slice of meat, even though it's calmly counted when it's sold, becomes batal. This contradicts Rishwakish's opinion that any item which is commonly counted is a Dabak Hashem and is not Batal. Rechia Breda Rav Huna defended Rishwakish's ruling by explaining the case as Binimucha, where the piece of Tamechatis meat dissolved. Therefore, it's no longer commonly counted and is subject to Bittal. Daf Pei Base, so the Simran Daf Pei Base is peanut butter. So here goes. The boy got peanut butter. Peanut butter? That must be on Daf Pei Base. 
The boy who got peanut butter all over two boxes of Huan and Trumagrain that fell into two similar boxes, which reminds us that more questions whether Ryokan really holds Truma nowadays is a derisa. Based on a price that taught that if two boxes of grain, Huan and Truma, fell into two other boxes, one of Huan and one of Truma, we can assume that the Huan fell into the Huan and the Truma fell into the Truma. And Ryokan says this law applies even if the Huan grain in the Huan box was not more than the Truma in the sock container. Now, if Rabbi Yochanan holds that Truma nowadays is a deraisa, how can he not require Rov to be Mavato? Rabbi Yochanan answers that the Braisa is the Rabban who holds that Truma nowadays is only the Rabban. And his earlier statement was in accordance with Rabbi Yossi, who says that nowadays Truma is a deraisa. So the boy who got peanut butter all over two boxes of Huan and Truma grain that fell into two similar boxes decided to use his empty peanut butter jar to add a saw of liquid to a mikvah and then remove a saw, which reminds us. The more acid Rabbi Yochan really holds that rove is not required to be mavato other abundant iser. For it was taught in the Mishnah if a mikvah contains exactly 40 saw of water and one put in a saw of other liquids and then removed a saw of the mixture, the mikvah is still valid and it was said in the Rabbi Yochanan, this procedure of adding a saw of water and removing a saw may be repeated ad rubo up until the majority of the mikvah. Doesn't this mean that the majority of the mikvah water remained? And since Maim Shu'uvim, drawn water is only a Durban Psul for a mikvah, this implies that Ryokan requires Rove to be Mavato Adurban Isser. The great answer is that what is meant is that we should not remove a majority of the mikvah water, but an equal amount of mikvah water is enough to be Mavato Adurban Psul. Alternatively, we could say that Ryokan does require Rove, but in the case of the boxes of grain and chulin, we may rely on the leaning assumption that the chulin fell into the chulin and the truma fell into the truma. So the boy who got peanut butter all over two boxes of chulin and truma grain that fell into two similar boxes decided to use his empty peanut butter jar to add a saw of liquid to a mikvah and then remove a saw until he dropped and broken in fright when he saw an androgynous Marry a woman. Which reminds us on Daf Pei Alf Amanam, Rabbi Yochan and Rabbi argued whether Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi Shimon hold that androgynous is a definite male or a suffix male. The Gemara challenges Rabbi opinion that he's a suffix male for the mission stated androgynous no say. An androgynous marries a woman, which implies a And the Rabbi Yossi and Rabbi hold he's a definite male. The Gemara continues to challenge Rabbi Yochan's position as well. Daf Pei Gimel. So the similar Daf Pei Gimel is a pogo stick. So here goes. The farmer who uses pogo stick, pogo stick, that must be more on Daf Pei Gimel. The farmer who uses pogo stick to jump up and grab a branch on a tree 44 days before Shaviz, which reminds us, Gemorgos Mishnais, where Yosem and Rishim issued rulings together and the lacha goes according to them. One of them being in terms of Archova, grafting. The one does not graft a branch on a tree two weeks before Shaviz, which is understood to mean 44 days before Shaviz, since the 30 days before Shaviz are already ushered to the Malacha because of Tosva Shaviz. So the farmer who uses pogo stick to jump up and graft a branch on a tree 44 days before Shaviz spotted a farmer spreading his vine over his tum-tum neighbor's grain. Which reminds us, Shmuel said the halakhas of Rabbi Yosem regarding Kiddush, rendering produce unfit regarding Klein. For Wasan and Mishnah and Klein, Rabbi says one who spreads his vine over the standing grain of his friend has rendered the grain unfit as Klai Kerim and as Chai for its loss. Rabbi Yosem Rabbi Shimon say, Ein Adam A person cannot render something prohibited unless it belongs to him. And Tosos explains that this principle only applies with prohibitions that require intent, such as climb. But in cases that do not require intent, such as one putting chalav or nevela in his friend's pot of meat, the fruit certainly becomes forbidden. So the farmer uses pogo stick to jump up and graft a branch on a tree. 44 days before Shaviz spotted a farmer spreading his vine over his tumtum neighbor's grain, who was distracted while being informed he should not 
performed Chalitza, which reminds us that Rabbi Yehuda holds that a tumtum whose genital covering was torn open and found to be a male should not perform Chalitza because he's a Saris Vadai, a definite Saris. Whereas his son, Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda said that a tumtum is only a suffix Saris. The nafkamina between them is to disqualify the Yavama for Yibum when there are other brothers and to perform Chalitza when there are no other brothers. According to Rabbi Yehuda, who holds that he's a Saris Vadai, his act of Chalitza has no validity and she still may be taken in Yibum by the other brothers. Whereas according to Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda, it may have a validity if he's not a Saris Chama. If there are no other brothers, Rabbi Yehuda says she does not require Chalitza from him. Whereas according to Rabbi Yossi, Yehuda, she does since he might not be a Sri's Chama. Alright, so that concludes today's year. This is Rabbi Ram Golden Zikhu wishing you a great day and great learning.